Hi, I'm Stephanie Valle, the host of Borderland Crimes. I have a special episode for you today. February 10th, 2022 marks 32 years since a horrendous crime occurred in Las Cruces, New Mexico. Seven people were held at gunpoint inside the office of the old Las Cruces Bowl in 1990 and then were shot multiple times. The two gunmen escaped and still haven't been caught. Four people were killed, including two sisters, ages two and six, and their father, as well as a 13-year-old. Another victim died years later from complications due to her injuries. As time passes and memories fade, ABC7 spoke to one of the two remaining survivors about her experience and the questions she still has about this unsolved case. Ida, tell me just a little bit again. You were just reliving a little bit about what happened that morning. Yes. Can you can you just clarify a little bit of what happened that morning um, that makes you confused as to you know what happened and you want people to understand this is what happened in your in your words. Yes. Um, when I when I got there, it was it was eight o'clock in the morning, and. Uh, then I saw um, uh, Steve Teran when he walked in. Uh, this was before, before all this happened, and um, and then he left. And then this is when everything went all all crazy, and um, I was pretty scared. I was so scared that I didn't even feel the bullets in the shoulder and the arm, but I felt the one in the head. And I thought I had died. I thought my head had exploded. But uh, when the ambulance, they asked me what was my name, and I said my name, and I realized I'm alive. I'm alive. Uh, you know, I, I just said my name. But then in the ambulance, I died and they brought me back. Then I died again, and they brought me back. And then I don't remember anything. Everything was, when I got to the hospital, um, uh, my head was still smoking from the, from the gunshot. And, um, but what I want is I want the police department especially Mr. Davis, that I didn't know that he was the, the lieutenant. Um, He's the investigating detective? The investigating detective, and I didn't know it was him. I should have been told, uh, but they don't contact me. They don't call me, and I do want to know what happens, because I was in it. I was... I saw my friends, I mean, the little girls that got killed. And I want him, I wanted, uh, you know, once in a while, put it in the paper. This is what's happening with this case, and not just once a year, no. Like three, four times a year. And I didn't know anything about the, the, how much the the reward money is they were just telling me so all these things i wish i knew not not stay in the dark and that's how i feel like i'm in the dark 
And tell I just want to tell everybody that I do care. I really do care. Talk just one last question, and that is your your memories of, of Ron Sinak and that, that day. Um, when he came in, he had a backpack, but he had told them that he left his backpack in the office, but he had a backpack when he went in. So he went to the office and then he came around the corner and he went into the kitchen, got some coffee and filters, coffee filters, and, and then he left. So I was always wondering why did he say he came to pick up his backpack when he had a backpack? So it's just a lot of little things that they never listened to me. And you said that when he left, it was a short time later that you said somebody arrived and you thought they were someone there to do some cleaning of the air conditioning or mm -hmm. something. And tell me about tell me about that and what happened then. Uh, that's when, uh, well, this guy came in and he said, uh, he stuck a gun on me and that's when he said, uh, come with me, this is a holdup. And, and I couldn't even move to the office because I was so scared. I was stiff. And he kept hitting me in the back with a gun and told me to go in the office. And when I got to the office, Stephanie, Melissa, and Amy were were on the floor laying down. I mean, they were sitting down on the floor. And then they told me to go in and join them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then after that? <clears throat> then uh, they waited for a while. They waited for a while. And then they asked Stephanie for the, where was the, the safe? So she opened it and she was getting money, giving it to Melissa. Melissa was putting it in a suitcase. I saw a suitcase. It was a brown suitcase. And they did, they put a lot of money in there. And uh, then they started shooting us. And when they shot me in the arm, I didn't know. I thought it was uh, Amy's blood. I thought they shot her and the blood splattered on me because it was hot. But no, they had shot me. And then they shot me on the shoulder and that one threw me to the, uh, to the, um, how do you call those, uh, computer. That knocked me to the computer. And, and then they told us to all put our heads down. And then I, then they were, they started shooting. Let me ask you this last question. <clears throat> and that is, uh, you're imploring, you're imploring to the community that please speak out, please help this case yes. be solved. Yes, mm -hmm. because it is time to solve it, it is. But we need everybody's help. We need the police department detectives and you know, like I need to know what is going on with it. Not just once a year, no. 
And uh, so I don't mind. I don't mind them talking to me, knowing them to tell me um, what they found out or what's new or. Mm -hmm. But it's time this thing is solved. Yes. Mm -hmm. Long overdue. Yes. I fully detailed this horrific crime on the 30th anniversary in 2020, and you can listen to that now. It's episode six called Massacre at Las Cruces Bowl, America's largest unsolved mass shooting. You can also see the victims and survivors on our website, kvia.com. If you have any information on this case, you are asked to call Las Cruces Crime Stoppers at 1-800-222-TIPS. Share, like, and subscribe. A new episode of Borderline Crimes is coming soon. I'm Stephanie Valle. Thanks for listening.